What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to the Business Bugs Chat. How you going? How you doing, Carlos? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. It's the weekend. A lot of stuff happened this week. Oh, yeah, man. Life's good. Can't complain. Um, so the first thing I want to talk to you about is, is Bitcoin. You know, obviously, that's that's our coin. You know, right now, the Bitcoin price is around 30K. It just seemed yesterday it was hovering around 59K, 63K. And now it's over 50% loss of its value. And I want to go back to around 2008. In my opinion, cryptocurrency, a.k.a. Bitcoin, was created as a statement against central bank control. Right after 2006, the recession hit, which caused uh, predatory lending practices and other irresponsible nonsense leading to the housing bubble burst, rampant printing of money, bailouts, and now we have COVID-19, we have inflation rising, and there's talk of another type of COVID-19 or COVID-22, however you want to call it. But Bitcoin was created as a fight against central bank central bank's control. And in my opinion, that's one of the main reasons why people today should continue to buy Bitcoin. I completely agree. There's a, there's a video I shared on my Twitter recently. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, but there's a video from Ray Dalio. There's two of them. And uh, basically what... One of the main topics, one of the main themes what he talks about is that the central banks, they have the power to pretty much um, control the money supply. And they do this by uh, U.S. treasuries, essentially, and by controlling the federal funds rate, which is the rate that banks can uh, are allowed to lend to each other on the overnight uh, market, I think it's called. So... Uh, yeah, Bitcoin is actually a good hedge against this. If you if you go back and watch that video, it's a really good animation, or it has a really good animation. It kind of shows you how this all comes together. But essentially, um, when when things start going towards a recession, it's a downward spiral. And what basically happens is the U.S. government can print more money, and if it doesn't, if the credit doesn't keep up with the amount of money that's being printed, then basically what we have is uh, we have pretty much money that's losing value right so bitcoin is actually something that can hedge against this i mean right now it's actually going with the market and that's kind of the arguments of a lot of people who are against bitcoin but overall the thing about bitcoin is it's even better than gold in my opinion because gold we don't know if we found all the gold in the world that's not something we know for sure but with bitcoin we know that there will only ever be 21 million bitcoin and that won't even happen during our lifetime, that 21 Bitcoin or mine. I know we're at 19 point something million right now, but definitely um, it's a fight against central banks. And I think um, I think rightly so. Um, I think people are tired of uh, crises like the Great Depression, for example, or the 2000 dot com bubble or the 2008 uh, financial crisis or even during COVID, you know, so. I think people who I think the governments protect banks. They don't protect the people. The people are the ones who get the short end of the stick, and um, that's why Bitcoin is a good way to preserve your wealth in times of uh, in times of bad in bad times. Because you see, over the last five years, the price of Bitcoin has definitely gone. Well, I would say over its entire life cycle. But you can see that if you want to consider on a larger time frame, it definitely has beaten inflation.
Definitely. It over the lifetime of Bitcoin, it's definitely a staple. It should be included in any portfolio to fight against inflation. Or even if we were in perfect times and inflation was was, you know, around one percent or one point nine, I would still be saying the same thing. Because in my opinion, not just the United States government, but several governments have pretty much printed too much of their natural born currency. So that's why Overall, whether it's 2030 or 2070 or 2100, Bitcoin is going to be the cryptocurrency or excuse me, they, the dollar version of what it is now. So if we fast forward, I think Bitcoin is going to be the worldwide currency. You know, I think I saw something the other day that Sri Lanka defaulted on all their loans. And as inflation increases over the next couple of years, not years, next months, because I don't see gasoline going down in value. It's going to be it's the barrel, the, the size of the cost of the barrel is only in, going to increase, which is going to cause these countries that were teetering, you know, on paying their their value off, paying their books off because of COVID-19, they're going to go under. So you're going to see a lot of the, the strong com- countries like United States, like England, like Germany, boost up the dollar and you're going to see other countries like Argentina, like Brazil that are literally going to Colombia. They're going to have no choice, but to, you know, look at Bitcoin and be like, you know, that's our only alternative. Absolutely. I mean, if you're from a third world country, I mean, if you're from Latin America, I think they are, they have Bitcoin on their radar higher than anyone. Um, I think you saw this, but 44 countries met in El Salvador this week um from different if i'm looking at the article here from uh cnbc i believe um no it is not from cnbc uh sorry i don't know exactly which here it is it is from aa.com um they had el salvador held a meeting on bitcoin with participants of 44 countries so basically central banks and financial authorities to discuss issues related to the digital economy so this is not just some coin um, if you're looking at this like from an outside perspective, there are central banks and financial authorities and the IMF is terrified of this because if they lose control, then it will really be in the hands of the people, right? They won't be able to regulate it. Um, I mean, Bitcoin's really difficult to regulate, right? I mean, it's a decentralized currency. There's not one single person and there's not one single point of failure as of today. So, and I don't think there is, um, in my opinion. So, I mean, this is not just some sort of coin, as some people may believe. This is actually uh, moving forward. I think um, a lot of institutions are buying up Bitcoin still, even though it's dropped in price, because they really want to take this opportunity to buy while it's low. Whereas people like who are average investors or even below average investors don't understand the, the, the idea of markets, that markets don't go up in straight lines. Um, but that there are going to be downtimes. If you look at the history of the index that most people track, which is the S&P 500, there were really bad downtimes. You look at the S&P 500 and you look at during the COVID-19 pandemic, I don't know if you remember that, Jordan, but the, the, the markets were tanking as Donald Trump was speaking. They were just tanking. And they were asking, what are you going to do about the markets? He's like, they'll be back. So, I mean, we are way higher than at that point. So, in general, like, markets go up in a straight line. So, I mean, they don't go up in a straight line, excuse me. So a lot of banks understand the value of Bitcoin, what Bitcoin can do for humanity. 
and uh, know that people are going to be interested in a hedge or in another way that's away from the current financial system. So they're, they're wise to start buying now because they see the potential for Bitcoin in the future, even though they may not openly express that and, and, try, and, uh, and try and convince everybody to buy some. Moving on from Bitcoin, looking at other altcoins, um, looking at, you know, I know that we've done a lot of talk and we don't do a lot of we, we've done a lot of talk off off live being live in terms of the cryptocurrency ether. You know, you know, usually when we go live and we're public, we talk about Bitcoin, but obviously ether's the best real estate, digital real estate in the world. You know, it, and if you want to build something, you're going to you're going to build it on Ether's blockchain. Um, the time, the time scale for Ether moving from proof of work to proof of stake has moved around like, you know, we don't we don't know when it's going to happen. I've been told five different things. It's like predicting the weather. When's this hurricane going to hit? Is it going to hit Miami? Is it, is it going to hit Tampa? People don't know. You know, I've been told I would. We're already supposed to be in Ethereum's proof of stake by now. It's May 20th, 2022. And Ether is still now on a proof of work. You know, the difficulty time bomb has been postponed and postponed again. For those of you who do not understand, the, difficult, the difficulty bomb refers to the program coded into Ether's blockchain that intentionally slows down the network. It was designed to encourage a transition to proof of stake by making it more difficult for miners to stay behind on the proof of work chain after the merge. Quote unquote, we're Ether's supposed to move from proof of work to proof of stake this August. But I've been doing some research and I'm coming up with a couple problems that aren't that people aren't like people aren't talking about. And it's kind of it's it's be it's under the hood and that's why people aren't talking about it. But in terms of Ether, the liquidity staking dynamics are leading to Lido's rapid growth, presenting a centralization problem. Lido, if you don't know, that's the number one place you go if you want to stake Ether for a percentage kickback. So everyone who's staking Ether is staking Ether at one location, and it's creating kind of this central location where all the liquidity pool is located. So this isn't really good in terms of decentralization. The number two, the community is pursuing solutions for pools to self-cap and to help the decentralization pool, a.k.a. it's called Rocket Pool, grow. So in my opinion, behind the hood, Ether is not going to move to proof of stake until there's several other liquidity pools that people can join and not just join the top two because they're becoming more centralized. Just food for thought, because I know that you know some people that are mining Ether and they keep on asking you, hey, when's Ether moving to proof of stake, proof of stake? I think the coding is perfectly ready to move to proof of stake. I don't think there's other things that are attached with, with Ether that are ready to move from proof of stake. And they're afraid to move forward because we know there's other blockchains. There's Algorand. There's Phantom. Um, I'm missing. I'm, I'm not mentioning all of them. There's Avalanche. There's Proton, you know, I'm not going to talk about Solana. Uh, what's other people talk about? Cardano. There's other blockchains ready to just take this market share from Ether. So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see 
what happens to um, Ether in the year 2022? Yeah, these other people are just waiting for Ether to to move to proof of stake because <laughs> they, they want to see, like, are they going to do it right? Are there going to be problems? Because, I mean, if they mess it up, man, you're going to see a lot of people drop out of Ether, even though they have money staked on it. Some people may be waiting to get on, like, get their stake to, like, Ether and then, like, bounce, you know, if they see that it's not good. So, um, yeah, when will it move to 2.0? Uh, man, that's that's a very good question. I haven't been following the protocol the same way. Um, I'm sure most of my friends who are mining are hoping that it doesn't go quickly. I mean, proof of stake has its own inherent problems, which is why they're trying to do it the right way from the jump. Um, but I mean, like you said, uh, there are a lot of other uh, very good uh, smart contract cryptocurrencies that have lower fees that may be faster. Um, but Ether is one of the originals, right? It's one of the more popular ones. So um, a lot of people have their eyes, their telescopes on Ether and are hoping that Ether, uh, well, not hoping, but are just waiting and on, on edge to see how this is going to progress. It's going to be really interesting as this war continues and how it affects, excuse me, affects the cryptocurrency market and also the regular markets. I honestly think the bottom of the market is going to be hit around November of this year. I don't think we're even close to the bottom. I expect to see maybe Bitcoin around 23K, 25K at some point. Um we're our in, in terms of the United States, our inflation rate our percentage is so far away from two percent. I mean, it's ideally we want inflation around two percent, and we're so far away. I have no idea how we're going to get there anytime soon. So moving forward, and for the the listeners, um, don't pay attention to the price right now. Whether you're investing in real estate, you're investing in crypto, pay attention to the value of the product. Because we're definitely, in my opinion, in a bear market and we're heading towards a recession if we're not in a recession already. Um, you did mention other blockchains. Uh, I've been doing more and more work about Algorand. Um, I have to do more research about Algorand. I'll say quickly in terms of buying Algorand and holding it, I don't expect Algorand's price to increase sub- substantially like 2, 3, or even a 10x anytime soon not even remotely soon but in terms of its coding i it's 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 up there it's bar none and uh, it's weird fifa hired a consultant to help them select the best blockchain for their needs they're one of the largest organizations in the world and had to get their digital as- asset strategy right from the get-go obviously fifa you know that that's our game you know that we, we carlos and i share a lot of love between the game of soccer some of you call it football but we understand FIFA and understand that FIFA is a big business. FIFA chose Algorand. So FIFA has partnered with Algorand. I'm not entirely sure exactly what they partnered with, with but I think it speaks volumes because I'm seeing huge multi-billion million companies do business with Algorand more than they're doing business with other blockchains. And I can speak to this. Algorand's blockchain is bar none. It, it feels it feels like the Apple Store when I'm dealing with Algorand.
That's very interesting. I don't know enough about Algorand to really comment, but if I'm not mistaken, with I know Crypto.com partnered with the World Cup. Was it Algorand that also partnered with the World Cup? Yes, they both did. Wow. So, yeah, even Algorand's partnered with the World Cup. Yeah, I'm looking at it now at FIFA.com. FIFA announces partnership with blockchain innovator Algorand. So, I mean, me personally, I have to say I'm sleeping on Algorand a little bit because I know they're making some big moves. I mean, if they're partnering with the FIFA World Cup, then there may be, there's something that I obviously don't know that's going on there. But you've tested out the blockchain. Definitely. Their, their blockchain is cool. It's efficient. It's something that it's something that these Fortune 500 companies would use in a heartbeat. I could understand it just by using it. It, it works flawlessly. It works great. I can rely on it. Um, it's, it's not like other blockchains. I'll say that. Even, you know, I don't have to, to diss another blockchain, but it's fast. It does what it needs to do, and it's very reliable. And it's easy to integrate Algorand into the real world. That has been... Um, that's been one of my huge questions. Whenever I'm analyzing a crypto project, I'm wondering how it fits into our real world. Is it just an idea or is it just coding or is there a way to, to, to insert it into our world, right? Because we, we got certain things. Like if you talk about the, the invention of FaceTime, right? FaceTime is cool, right? Someone invented FaceTime that we can see each other's face. But with that came what else? Okay, now we have facial ID, facial recognition. Now when you need to go on apps, the app can just read that it is you or your significant other who's using your phone to get in the app. So someone just didn't create FaceTime and was like, yeah, it's cool. I can show my face to my mom when, when I'm visiting my friends. They're like, no, it's, it has several different features that Face FaceTime will, will be, that people will be able to build on FaceTime. So Algorand, that is what's beautiful about its blockchain. There's so many developers that are going to look at Algorand and say, hey, I can use this blockchain to, de to develop my, my real world idea. So I guess as someone who, who doesn't use or someone who hasn't used Algorand yet, I guess I have a couple of questions. And the first one is, I guess, is it similar to Chainlink when you say it can like um, work with real world, uh, like as a real world use? And... The second question I have is, um, uh, what was my second question? Let's start with the first question. I'll remember the second question. Uh, it's sim it's similar but different. Once you use the once you use the platform, you're gonna realize that it's not Ether, right? Because when you want to use Ether for something, Ether is perfect for building something like NFTs. Like I would use. I would use Ether for NFTs. I know it's expensive. I would build a huge project that for NFTs or something that wouldn't cost a lot of money for. So you, we're getting under the hood when we talk about coding. Because when we talk about different blockchains, all we're doing is talking about coding. So in order for you to truly understand Algorand, you're going to have to use it somehow. And if you want an opportunity to use it, you know, I would go to the Business Plugs blog and read the blog that talks about Lofty or only $50 a share because Lofty is a cryptocurrency project that uses the Algorand platform and it was able to basically create an Airbnb type of marketplace where people are able to sell 
their real estate and people like you and me can buy the real estate for as little as $50. So after you interact with, you know, a marketplace on Lofty, it, it forces you to use the Algorand blockchain. And once you have that experience, you'll understand the difference rather than going to OpenSea and using the Ether blockchain to buy an NFT. I'm looking up Algorand now, man. This is a very interesting project. Um, I mean, I don't know how much in detail you know about the uh, ins and outs of the project, but it seems like it's a proof-of-stake blockchain, um, and it's completely decentralized. So that's already that's already a plus in my book. Definitely, definitely. We'll have to uh, we'll have to revisit Algorand. There's I would definitely do a, a, a blog. I haven't blogged about Algorand yet, so I'm getting ahead. I usually like to talk about things that I've already blogged about because that's that's when I know I've really done my due diligence. But one thing before this uh, podcast ends that I have to mention is what's going on with Twitter and Elon Musk attempting to buy Twitter, and then now he's backtracking. For those of you who don't know, why does this affect cryptocurrency? It affects cryptocurrency because Elon Musk, you know, he has a lot of money in the cryptocurrency market. And a lot of people that don't know what cryptocurrency is or the value of cryptocurrency, they honestly just listen to him and, and they listen to his tweets. So if he was able to be the CEO, be the owner of a huge social media platform, it I think it would greatly benefit the cryptocurrency market in two different ways one the information and the the true free information that wouldn't be blocked about cryptocurrency would be there to see for the world and two elon musk is he's a pioneer for cryptocurrency he understands bitcoin and he understands the power of a blockchain so i think over time if he remains or became the owner of twitter at some point, Doge would be linked with, with Twitter. I know he would do that. It would be dumb not to do that. So bringing Doge to Twitter and having people being able to move and transfer Doge on Twitter, again, would just bring so many people that don't really know what cryptocurrency is. It would, it would allow them and give them time to be like, hey, I know I came to cryptocurrency because I was trying to make some money or I was trying to be cool on Friday night talking about Dogecoin. But there may be something to this that I don't understand. Let me like do my due diligence and kind of understand what is cryptocurrency? What is the difference between a, co a coin and a token? What's the difference between Dogecoin and those other dog coins? What's the difference between Bitcoin and Litecoin? So moving forward, I, it's very important for us to watch to see if Elon Musk actually takes over Twitter because something that he didn't understand that I knew from the beginning a lot of followers on Twitter are fake bots. If you go to President Joe Biden's Twitter right now, I think it says he has around 33 followers. Well, you can cut that in half. There's been a study and it's been proved that even our own president has half the amount of followers that it's portraying right now. So that has put the Twitter accusation in terms of Elon Musk buying Twitter on hold. And I think he's really doing this just to get a a cheaper price because he did put up 44 billion dollars for this company which based on my analysis is way overpriced and you shouldn't buy a social media platform that's over 10 years old for 44 billion dollars but hey who am i who do i what do i know right so um 
those are my thoughts about Twitter. You have anything? Yeah, I mean, he may already have something in the workings. I mean, he pretty much purchased that. Like, it, it's happening fast. There's breaking news on this, like, literally every day. Um, that bot problem is a serious one. I mean, literally, I go on to, and it's not only Twitter. It's pretty much most of these social media platforms don't know how to handle these bots. Um, you go on Twitter and you look at a comment. Like, they, they do try to hide most of them all the time, but or a lot of the time. But, like, you see a lot of these things saying, thank me later, just putting a link. And as someone who's in the cybersecurity realm, I mean, this is something that's very dangerous, actually, not just from a, a purchasing perspective as Elon Musk is buying this company for $44 billion, but... There are a lot of people out there. I mean, there's a huge cybersecurity skill gap right now in the world, and a lot of people are very vulnerable to cyber attacks, um, individuals and companies. And this is also going to make a lot of people less likely to use your platform if people are able to just blatantly put links out there and like direct people to get hacked. Um, one good thing I like about Instagram, which I don't use Instagram, just for you guys to know, I, I mean, I do, but not that often as I use Twitter. Um, Instagram, you can't post links to your other site. You can put it on your profile, but you can't just comment on something and put a link to go somewhere else. Um, and that's something that's really prevalent on Twitter. There's people who are posting links to stuff all the time, and you have no idea if it's legit or not. And in the crypto space, you have to also be careful because there are a lot of... Um, there are a lot of bad actors out there who are out there just waiting to take your money because you're naive and don't understand what's going on. But that's not to scare you away from the crypto market. Um, there are a lot of genuine people, too. Um, you just have to do a little bit more research before jumping onto the first person who tells you to DM them. Um, but that's going against across the point. Um, for what I really want to add is that Twitter is... Um, it's a pretty much a platform that we know has been like dying slowly. Um, the owners seem they were pretty. It seems like they were pretty quick to give up uh, ownership of this of this business. Um, and I mean, if Elon Musk gets onto it, you know that cryptocurrency is going to be integrated. I mean, you can already add your NFT onto your as your profile picture. I think you can already pay people in Bitcoin, if I'm not mistaken, at, at, for a tip. So I mean, he's gonna make it um, probably even more decentralized. Make the code open source. Um, these are really good things for the world i would say and this whole idea of web3 um that a lot of people are talking about so um i think that in my opinion it's a good thing um he wa really wants to push for the freedom of speech because i mean i'm not going to play politics here but um it, it's a fact that a lot of people on, uh, who are from the republican side do get censored um and do get shut down pretty quickly um so i mean he's really pushing to make it so that people can express their opinions and have an open dialogue about things and not just um not just have one one-sided uh view um on things um i can't confirm the authenticity of what i'm about to say right now but i did quickly see a video of an employee coming out and saying that um twitter is very democrat the people in the company will not allow you to pretty much say anything otherwise, and they try and shut down anything against her, let's say strongly against that, um, that ideology. Now that I'm not, I don't agree with all of the Republican ideologies, but what I do agree is that people should be able to uh, express their opinion in their mind in an open space. And Twitter is a company, so at the end of the day, they can decide how they want to run it. That's not what I'm arguing against here, but I think if Elon Musk is the, is the CEO or is the person who's basically running this company, then uh, that's I think that's a good thing for uh, the world, but also for the cryptocurrency community. So about... I think there's over 300 million Americans living in the United States right now. This Christmas, do you think that 50% of Christmas gifts are going to go towards cryptocurrency? 
a hundred percent, ten percent. You you got a, you got an answer for me? When you say fifty percent of Christmas gifts, are you saying like I'm, I'm kind of confused? I think a large I think a large number of of gifts will go to cryptocurrency. The cryptocurrency, like just people knowing about cryptocurrency, is growing like every year tremendously, even if the price is not necessarily going in a straight line up. Um, so are you asking me if, a, if there are a lot of people will get cryptocurrency or are you, what's the exact question you're asking? If, how many people like yourself, if your mom or your dad sends you crypto, what do, I already know what you're going to do with it. You're going to put it in crypto a hundred percent. Okay. That's what you're going to do with it. That's what I'm going to do with it because everything else that we want, we can pay for ourselves, but that extra money, it's already ingrained in our brain is going towards cryptocurrency. Yeah, that, that's what I'm asking. You know, if if you see if most people that don't understand cryptocurrency and don't understand the blockchain or the code behind all of these cryptocurrencies and they see a Bitcoin is hovering around 17,000 or 19,000. Are they going to rush to put that three hundred dollars from grandma in Bitcoin or are they going to do something else? with? It? That's kind of what I'm asking. I'm basically asking you, how early do you think we are? I think we're still very early, um, but I do think a lot of banks and a lot of institutions are starting to invest, so I can't determine how early it is early. I do think that um, the problem we have here is millennials are way more likely to buy crypto than older people because, I mean, they're more comfortable with the way things are right now, and people don't like change, right? That's the status quo. So, I mean, if, if we're talking about what percentage, I don't think it's going to be such a large percentage. I think it's going to be larger than it was in, in the past because I think a lot of the younger people unfortunately in the u.s at least we and i think actually in most of the world if i'm honest we don't teach financial aptitude um at a young age so a lot of people i mean at least when i was younger i didn't start investing um at the age i should have and i think that's the problem i think when a lot of people get money um from their parents or as a gift from someone else i don't think necessarily the first thing they're thinking about is investing and i could be wrong about that um but i mean if if you're talking about younger people who have followed the markets, they follow the stock market and they follow crypto. Um, my feeling is that they're going to be either they're going to split it or they're going to put more into crypto because they've seen like the trajectory and which way it's going. This is pretty much a very new, uh, new technology. And just like the Internet at first, I don't think like people who are like in retirement were using the Internet when it first came out or using smartphones when they first came out. So I think this is just something that does need to take time. I mean, this pretty much came out during our generation. Um, so I think this is something that's going to grow as our generation grows. But I could be wrong because a lot of institutions are buying. So I guess we will have to see how it plays out. I definitely agree with you. Definitely agree with you. Um, you talk about the younger generation, right? So the younger generation is into crypto. The younger generation understands TikTok. They understand NFTs, right? So they understand the technology, the technology of barrier barrier that you know people like my dad have so the younger generation they in my opinion they also understand the benefits of the, the cannabis plant so if you don't know if you haven't been you need to check out the business plugs blog uh, i blogged about cbd there's a cryptocurrency called cbd and i honestly think it has the opportunity to take the world by storm in terms of changing the world through supplying a lot of farmers with cbd plants equipment and fundraising uh so check out my blog you know i'm, I'm gonna end the chat here you know it's nice talking to you carlos
but uh, it's definitely interesting. I think young people through cryptocurrency, um, through seeing both the, the political games played by both parties and by seeing the benefits of something like the cannabis plat, the young, the young people, you know, they're going to lead cryptocurrency forward. I agree, man. Um, I definitely agree. I think more people, younger people are actually even more open to even trying it or learning more about it. So yeah, of course we can end it here. Um, I appreciate you taking the time, man. It's nice. We do this every, uh, well, my time in central East, central European time, 5 PM, 11 AM Eastern time. We just chat about crypto. And um, if you want to come join us, definitely just make your way this way. We would love to hear you talk and answer your questions and definitely have you join the conversation.